I am so thankful for his presence. I find his presence literally answers the need that I have. And I have found sometimes I can't even express that need. I can't, I can't verbalize it. I can't explain it. And he comes and he answers it. Amen. Amen. Children, you, there's a few children you can be excused for Sunday school. Hallelujah. Well, Dennis and Jolene, welcome. Welcome. Why don't you stand up? Some people may not recognize you. Amen. But can we just welcome them this morning? Amen. Dennis and Jolene, how long ago did you move to Saskatchewan? It's Saskatchewan, right? Winnipeg. And 13 years ago. Wow. See, anything past the Rockies, actually, past Chilliwack, and I'm lost. But Winnipeg. But they have been dear friends of this house for years. Dear friends, supporters. Dennis used to uh, be involved in a paper um, printing company, and basically we needed something. He'd say, just come and tell me. You have a deposit of faith in you. And this morning, he's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you an expectation that you didn't have before. He's going to renew your strength. He's going to give you new resolve. He's going to give you new hope. It's not that you didn't, you had hope, but he's just going to like top it off. And he's going to like fill that tank and then it's going to overflow and it's going to get a little greasy. You know how oil kind of just messes things up? It's okay to let it mess you up. Amen. Hallelujah. We've been talking about this is a house. Amen. This is a house. And we've been spending a lot of time. Uh, one of the things we, one of the first things we said is this is God's house. Amen. This is God's house. And when it's God's house, you go by God's rules. God governs this house. God, when he does something, he speaks, we listen and obey because this is his house. Then we also looked and said, not only is this his house, literally, but then this is God's house. And so as we've, we've taken some time going over this, we see an application not just for this physical house and, and protocol and, and the way God moves, but we also see an application for how he affects me personally, how he affects you. Do you know he's interested in every detail of my life and of your life? Not only is he interested, but he already knows the answer before you have that need. I remember a song that I, I remember as, as a young person going, he knows me better than I know myself. And we can trust, I can trust him because he always has my best interest at heart. 
Every single time God speaks to me, whether it's a word of encouragement or a word of correction or a word of instruction, it's always for my improvement, for my benefit. It says in, in John when he talks about I'm the vine and you the branches and he talks about pruning, the reason why you prune isn't because you don't like the fruit, it's because you like the fruit but you know it can even get better. And that's the kind of God we serve. So today, I want to talk about this is a house of the Spirit. We talked a little bit about it a couple weeks ago. This is a house of the Spirit. What does that mean? I've grown up in a Pentecostal background my whole life. And uh, sometimes Pentecost, you use the word Pentecostal and people get this. this um, we, that's why we don't have chandeliers. Because we'd be swinging off the chandeliers, so it was like, no, we we gotta we got we can't have the chandeliers. And um, but I've I've seen some interesting YouTube clips of some worship services that are just crazy. And what happens is we get this funny picture of the Spirit of God that is it's almost um, unrecognizable. Do you realize the Holy Spirit is the most practical? person you can have in your life in fact in acts one when, when god says I, i'm going to pour out my spirit upon you and you'll be my witnesses and then in acts two the day of pentecost i was reading it this week and i realized when the day of pentecost happened people that were around them were confused but the ones that god touched weren't confused and I'm thinking, huh, that means that when God's spirit moves in us, there, is an, there might be a, a uniqueness and a newness, but it's not a craziness, a weirdness, or something like nobody can get around me. But God is so practical. And when he poured out his spirit in Acts, it says that they were actually speaking other languages and people outside the building and outside where they were heard them speaking in their language about the goodness of God. I want to try to demystify a little bit, if I could use that word, about the Holy Spirit. Because he's gotten a bad rap. We can identify with God the Father because we understand a father figure, a parental figure, a father. We understand that. So we, we, can, we can wrap our heads around that. We can wrap our heads around Jesus because he became flesh and dwelt among us, although that's an incredible thought, that God actually came and walked among us. But he was flesh and bones. He, he told his disciples after he rose from the dead, he said he he appeared into a room where they were and they were so shocked and then he said look at me see my my hands and see my side thomas wasn't the only one that was was uncertain but jesus we can identify but then we get the holy spirit he's referred to as a fire referred to as wind referred to as breath referred to as river and, and so many of those things have an unpredictability about them that we don't pursue understanding him more because he freaks us out. 
But I want to I take a little bit of that away this morning, and I want to just spend a bit of time looking at how good the Holy Spirit is. This is a house of the Spirit. This is, another aspect of the Spirit is the word presence. You can't see a spirit, although Hollywood would try to tell you you can. And some of the mysticists would, would do that, but a spirit is like the breath or the, the wind, and you, you, it says that you, you, you don't know where it comes from, you don't always know where it goes, and it goes wherever it wants. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's unruly, it means that the Holy Spirit wants to move us where he wants See, we, we, we take these thoughts, and right away, because we don't understand them, we almost put them in this crazy. But it's, it's not that God, the Holy Spirit is God. We talk about God the Father, God the Son, and the same capacity, the same strength, the same personality, the same aspect of God, God the Spirit. So I've got a few thoughts this morning. First of all, he was there at the beginning. It says his breath, he moved over the face of the waters. Genesis 1 verse 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in verse 2, it says, and his spirit hovered or moved over the face of the waters. He's not an afterthought. He's a before thought. He, he didn't come because Jesus says, I got to send you somebody because I got to go. And then Jesus didn't go to heaven and go, okay, God, now what are we going to do? No, the Father, the Son, they knew what was going to happen and the Spirit knew what was going to happen from the beginning. And from the beginning, the Spirit hovered over the face of the earth, the waters. I, and as I speak this morning, I want to speak some prophetic thoughts. I want to put some th seeds and some Holy Spirit thoughts inside of you today as I'm sharing. The first thing is, if you have confusion, chaos, don't understand what's happening, the Holy Spirit isn't intimidated, but he actually wants to hover and move over that. In fact, he wants to be there. You might not even realize it, but he wants to be there before you even figure it out. Before you even identify what's going on, the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is intricately involved in our day-to-day -day life. I need him. I need him. Because I found this stuff of earth, it can be overwhelming. And quite frankly, the stuff of earth cannot be solved by the stuff of earth. The only thing that can solve the stuff of earth is the creator of all. And I have found that he comes and he answers even before I ask. He's there and he's ready and he's willing before creation, he was there hovering. It says in, in Psalm 33 and Psalms 104, it talks about how the Holy Spirit was there and the Spirit was there breathing before the foundations of the earth and the creation of the earth. 
The first thing I want us to understand about the Holy Spirit, and this is a house of the Spirit, is God, the Holy Spirit, is there before we even realize it. Throughout the scriptures, we get this picture of him saying, I'm going to go before you. If somebody goes before you, does that mean they get there before you? That's not a trick question. Pastor Nelson asks questions that involve a lot of thought, but I, I, if somebody goes before you, does that mean he gets there before you? The Holy Spirit goes before you. That means he gets there before you do. That means he's not surprised, shocked, or taken back by anything because he's already been there. He's the ultimate time traveler. I thought you might like that, Cora, but I'm not going to get into Star Wars lingo or anything like that. No, I, I... But he's there. He was there in the beginning. I, I also want you to see that his breath is what gives life. In Genesis 2, when it recalls the account of, of the creation of man, it says, and God formed man out of the dust of the earth, and it says, and he breathed into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. The very breath that I have comes from the creator of all, the Holy Spirit. I believe the air we breathe is not just oxygen. I believe it is Holy Spirit, God-breathed air. Because it says he breathed into us and we became a living soul. Speaking prophetically again, I believe God wants to speak and uh, breathe into your beings and bring to life those things that maybe you never thought could happen. I believe Holy Spirit wants to <sighs> over our lives. I am convinced of it. And I believe as he breathes and as his wind goes and it goes over us, I believe dead things will come to life. I believe things that we thought were impossible but we wrote off, Holy Spirit will come and he'll breathe life into them. Weariness will be gone. Exhaustion will leave. Tiredness will go. Feeling of being dead or dead to things will be gone. Why? Because he breathes the breath of life into those things that are dead and he brings them alive. He brings to life things that we could never bring to life. He's there at the beginning, and he is the, literally the breath of life. Literally. In the Old Testament, one of the words for the Spirit is breath. That's one of the definitions or one of the translations is breath. Talking about the Spirit of God. I believe he wants to breathe into each and every one of us here today. 
I believe he wants to breathe into those that aren't here today that are absent for whatever reason, whether they're on holidays in Disney World. I don't understand it, but they get to go there. I believe God can touch them where they're at. And if they're watching, they should say amen, and they should put a thumbs-up emoji, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda and their family. I believe God, God's not limited by space and matter. We are still searching the universe, finding new galaxies and new, but God spoke those things into being, and they, it's, it's, we're just trying to, we're, we're just starting to understand some of the complexity of what God has done, and one of the complexities is he breathes into things that are not, and he brings them to life. My very existence depends 100% on the spirit and the breathing of God in my life. One of the definitions of death is when somebody takes their last breath. He was there in the beginning. He breathes life into lifeless things. He's the originator. He's the sustainer. Not only does he breathe life into them, but then he keeps life in them. Not only does he originate things, but the Holy Spirit is so powerful that he originates and then he sustains. I will never outgrow my need for the Holy Spirit. I will never outgrow my need for Holy Spirit. Not only does he breathe life into us, but it also says that he, in, in John 20, Jesus talking to the disciples, this is after he rose from the dead, after his ascension, it says he breathed on them and they received. There's something powerful about the breath of of God on our life. And the breath of God is no less than the power of God. The breath of God is no less than the wisdom of God. The breath of God is no less than the love of God. The breath of God is God. It says in John 20, 22, about they received the Holy Spirit. Then in Acts 1, it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And there is an aspect of the power of the Holy Spirit that he lives within us. There's an indwelling, but there's also this amazing ondwelling. He lives within me. I, I was meditating on that thought. God lives within me. I'm not sure if we take the time to think about what does that mean? God Almighty, the Creator, lives in me. His Spirit lives in me. His Spirit gives me the moral capacity to live a righteous life. 
His spirit within me gives me the power to make an overcoming decision that maybe I couldn't make on my own, but his spirit equips me, transforms me, empowers me to live a life that is holy and righteous. Yes, I am a righteous person, but I also live a righteous life. I wrote down just a bunch of thoughts here. We need the Spirit of God in our lives. Receive, literally right now, receive the breath of God on your life and in your life. Right now. Just breathe Him in. Just go, Lord, I receive you. I receive your strength. I receive your spirit. Just right now. He can He's not worried how much time I've got left on the clock. He can move just like that. And in fact, if we allow him to move fast, he might get done before I get done. He goes before me. Oh boy. <laughs> I better be careful what I say. He goes before me. Holy Spirit is an in presence and an on-presence. Don't be satisfied just with him living inside of you. Have him living on you. I, I know one pastor refers to it as having a dove sitting on your shoulder. And when he talks about the Holy Spirit, living a life aware of the Holy Spirit, he says, imagine having a dove sitting on your shoulder. You're not going to do anything drastic to cause it to leave. And in a spiritual sense or in a life sense, I'm going to walk very circumspectly. I'm going to walk aware of what's happening around me so that his presence is with me. In Psalm 51, David said, take not your Holy Spirit from me. It's not that we lose the Holy Spirit, but there's an aspect that when, if we're not careful, we walk without God. We make our own. Have you ever made a decision? on your own, and then realized, ah, I blew it. It's not that God leaves us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never. But I need him because I found some of my decision-making is poor when he's not involved. But I found when he's involved, he gives me wisdom. Years ago, he was speaking to me about something, about making an investment. About 15, 20 years ago, he was speaking to me about an investment. I made an investment over the course of about a two-year period. My life changed, and that investment actually helped Winona and I live for a period of about five years that we were able to live off of some of that investment. He saw it before I did. I'm so glad I listened to him. By the way, he, he's not afraid of money. I ask him to help me make good decisions because I'd rather have his decisions affecting my money because he can do more with 90% than I can do with 100. Figure that one out. Receive. Be aware of his indwelling and be aware of his ondwelling. He lives within us for a purpose. 
One of the aspects of his purpose isn't the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the ondwelling of the Holy Spirit isn't just for David to puff himself up, but God's Spirit living inside of me is to benefit you. We have become an I-centric population. iPhone, I this, I that, I all these, and 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 we we talk with terms of this is my truth. Hello? It doesn't really matter what I think. It matters what he thinks. And the things that God has put inside of me, the gifts that God has given me, my gift of humor is not just for me. It's for you. The gifts that God has placed inside of me, and we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to spend some time talking about the gifts of the Spirit. But what we find is they are not for my benefit. They do me well, but they are for your benefit. An apple tree doesn't care about the apple, but I sure enjoy eating it. If we could get beyond the I mentality and see that it's a we mentality, it's a you mentality, it's, it's his house, and what he has done is he has put gifts and treasures and blessings in each and every one of us that is designed and created so that each and every one of us gets the benefit of it. Know your part and then do it well. That's why I tell jokes. Because I know my part. Receive his indwelling. Here's another thought. The Holy Spirit is the activity of God. The very activity of God is Holy Spirit. When God wants to do something, the Holy Spirit's in on it. They don't act separately. They act in unison because they're one. So in other words, when God says something, Holy Spirit's in agreement. And when Holy Spirit does something or says something, God's in agreement. The Father's in agreement. They're all in agreement. So the very activity of what God is doing is the Holy Spirit is the activity. Let me explain that. It says when the Spirit in the Old Testament, numerous times, the prophetic voices in the, New in the Old Testament would speak about, I'm going to pour out my spirit. That was the activity of God. In Ezekiel, it says, listen, I'm going to take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, symbolizing a picture of something dead and something alive and vibrant. And he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm going to there's going to be um, streams or rivers of living water flowing through you. And what he was speaking of was the spirit, the activity of God. We sometimes get freaked out because we think, well, the Holy Spirit comes upon me. I'm not going to be in control. No, you know what's amazing is you're in control and yet God's in control. Yeah, there might be things that are happening that go beyond what you would do, but they are at the activity of God. 
He might give you a word of wisdom. That might be it's not something you're aware of, but all of a sudden he gives you an impression or a thought and you share it with somebody and it's like, wow. I have this funny thing. When Ona and I would laugh, have you heard of the five love languages? You know, one is time, one is gifts, one is um, communication. There's touch, there's, there's whole po- We would laugh because one of my gifts is texting. So I had a sixth love language. And I would text people. I would text pastors or other people. And I can't tell you how many times somebody's been on my mind, and I'll just send them a text just saying, hey, thinking of you, praying for you. And I'll get a message back. I can't tell you how much I appreciated that. Thank you. That's the activity of God. That's God moving us in us and on us. The Holy Spirit activity does not need to be crazy. It transforms. It's a river. In 1 Corinthians 6, there's about three or four verses talking about the power of the Spirit. And what it says, it uses words like we're washed and we're sanctified and we're justified in the Spirit of our God. The activity of God, the activity of the Holy Spirit in yours and my life washes us. I've heard of the term washing by the renewing of the Spirit. We're sanctified. We're set apart by the Spirit. We're justified by the Spirit. The Spirit is the activity of God. When the Spirit moves, what's happening is God is doing something. I was listening to a pastor just recently who said he went to Toronto years ago in the Toronto outpouring, the blessing. And he said he got blasted on the ground, fell on the ground. He got up, he sat in his chair, and he says, you know, nothing. I I was waiting to hear something as I was laying on the ground. He says, and I didn't hear anything. He says, I sat in a chair. He says, and somebody came a few minutes later and said, can I pray for you? And they put their hands on me to pray, he says, and I literally just slipped out of the chair onto the floor. He says, it was, I, I just slipped. I just slid out, laid on the floor. He says, I was out for half an hour. He says, they get me. He says, I drive back to the hotel room. Now, this is a pastor in this area. He says, I get back to the hotel room, and I can't even walk. He said, they actually had to help me into my bedroom, into the hotel room. He says, you can't tell me the power of God, the Holy Spirit. He says, we need him. Because what God did in that moment of time impacted him going forward. I'm asking and I'm believing and I'm prophesying over every one of you that the breath of God will come and he'll breathe into each one of your lives and into each one of your situations a liveness, awareness, and a holiness and the life of the Spirit, God's activity into your life. I have found I need the Holy Spirit. I cannot do life without him. Moses referred to the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, and he says, you know what? Take, if you don't come with us, we're not going in. 
He says, because basically, if you read the passage in Exodus 33, he says, because your spirit is what, your presence is what distinguishes us. The, the, the power of God need not to be some, it can be so practical that it can help you decide which direction to go when, you're, when you get this inkling in your spirit. Even when you're driving, you say, well, do you t- I talk, I'm learning to talk with God all the time. I had a funny situation just happen. I went out for breakfast with a couple pastors. We were supposed to go for breakfast on Thursday. They messaged me Wednesday morning. They were already at the breakfast place, and they said, are you coming? And I responded, oh, my, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. I said, but I thought it was Thursday. I got in my car, and on the way, they confessed, and they said, yeah, it was Thursday. We made a mistake. But we had a great breakfast. In fact, I've asked them to come and share in a couple Sundays because they have a, a unique power of the Holy Spirit connection that their passion is to see the Holy Spirit move. And so I've asked them to come and to share and to deposit in us. Um, So anyways, we met, had breakfast on the Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, I got a message from a pastor that was from um, Ontario who was here, and he said, hey, do you got time for breakfast tomorrow morning? And I just laughed. Because if I would have declined Wednesday, because they were there Wednesday, I would have missed a, and it was like, we just laughed. And we says, isn't that funny? Even in our mistakes, the Holy Spirit's there. And I could have very easily said, no, I'm busy. I'll just meet you Thursday. But I just like, no, sure, I'll be there. I, I can do it. The Holy Spirit, he's fun. He probably had a lot of fun. Like, David... Go there because I want to bless you also tomorrow. He is so involved in in the intricacy of our details. Have you ever been in a vehicle and somebody passes you or you come across something, there's an accident and it happened just literally five minutes before you got there and you thought, you know what? If I wouldn't have forgotten my keys in the front of the counter, I would have been here at that moment. The Holy Spirit even works with our forgetfulness. Allow him to breathe into you. He is direct from God to us. We need the Holy Spirit. I want to stretch you. The indwelling and the ondwelling of the Holy Spirit is the same, listen to this, is the same equivalence as Jesus walking with his disciples. Because he says, I'm going to send you another, and, he was, and that word another meant one of the same. So Jesus was saying, just like I'm here, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send the same representation, the same ability, the same person, God, to you. And it's better that I go, because right now there's one of me, but when I go, I can send the Spirit, and he can go without measure, and he can touch every single one of you. And he's no less capable than Jesus was. He's the down payment. I, I, God does not negotiate very good because he says, you know what? I'll give you it all. I negotiate like, no, I'm going to hold some back. Because if you want, 
you have to pay me more to get what. And Jesus says, no, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit as the earnest or the down payment. And it's like, I'm thinking, isn't that everything God is? It's like he paid full price. And then he says, but not only that, there's more. I can't figure that. In my math, that doesn't figure right. But when I think of eternity, it's like he gave us a down payment. He gave us everything we need here on this earth. And then he says, and that's the guarantee of everything that's coming. Pastor Nelson has preached on this, and he's basically said, you have everything inside of you that you need now. Because I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got God. What I need to learn is how to be aware of that and him. The earnest, the word earnest is not a person's name. That means pledge or guarantee. When you make a deal on a house, you put a down payment on, which means I will perform and I will bring the full amount. And God says, I'm going to give you the down payment. But by the way, if you really think about it, the down payment's everything I am. But I'll give that to you as a down payment because there's a future that is even greater. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul is writing and says, listen, to be present with you is great, but to be absent, to be present with him is even better. And he says, but he gave us this earnest down payment that while we might be in our bodies wanting to be with him we're here and what makes some of that bearable is the fact that he's with me 100% here he's direct we need the Holy Spirit I can't do life without him I have found that out. And I'm so thankful that he has not written me off, but he wrote me up. He put my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm so thankful for him. I want to close with a couple thoughts. I want to prophesy over you this morning. I don't need to know what situation you're facing. I need, don't need to know what stress keeps you up at night. I don't need to know what causes you to toss and turn. I don't need to know what causes you to sweat. I'm here to tell you that God knows, and I'm going to act as his emissary this morning and his ambassador, and I want to speak life over you this morning. Ezekiel 37 is a picture of the Valley of Dry Bones. And God spoke to that prophet, Ezekiel, and he said, speak over them. And if you read the passage, he talks about, and he says, and let my breath come into them. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. That whole account. And then what happened is he spoke and they became an army. And it was the, talking symbolically of the army of Israel. But then you read the next few verses, and I found it interesting because he explained what it was. And he says those people were dead. They were in their grave. And I'm thinking these last two years, COVID, has played a number on people like we've never experienced in our life. Can we be honest? I was talking to somebody. I thought COVID was going to last for four weeks. 
Those lasted forever. And it messed with us. It messed with me and some of the things we've endured. And some of that has caused us to be weary, tired, exhausted, non-committal. There's been things that have impacted us because of what's happened around us. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to speak the life and the breath of God in you and tell you to arise from your sleep and to rise up now in the name of Jesus. Because the Spirit of God is in you and on you and upon you for a reason and for a purpose so that he would be glorified. And I have found in moments of weariness, in moments of tiredness, in moments of weakness, I have found, I have found the breath of the Holy Spirit comes and he revives my spirit. I would come to church and I would be tired and exhausted. I'd sit in the pew and the worship music would play and my spirit would literally come alive. There's something about God's presence. And so this morning I want to speak and I want to prophesy, come to life and breathe the breath of the Holy Spirit right now. Just breathe him in. And whatever the issue is, whatever that situation is, take a breath of the Holy Spirit and allow Holy Spirit to come and do only what the Holy Spirit can do. So I'd like you, this is in closing, I'd like you just to raise your hands or open your hands as a a symbolic measure of opening up your body. And what I'd, like you to do is just take some deep breath and you well that's ridiculous no what you're doing is we are we are acting in faith and breathing in the presence of God breathing in the Holy Spirit so just take three four five deep breaths don't snore but just take some breaths in and allow Holy Spirit to fill and to come make those things alive inside of you and as you do that I want to speak. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, and I will bring you into the land. And then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened up your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves. I, my people, I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life. I prophesy life over those dead areas. I speak life over those areas of weariness, of exhaustion, of unsatisfaction. I speak life over those areas of discontent, and I speak the life of the Spirit to cause those life to rise up where maybe it was dead or gone or neglected, And I declare that and I speak that now in the name of Jesus over everyone's life right now. As you breathe him in, may you breathe in the breath of Holy Spirit, of God. And may your situation literally change right now. May you have hope 
that you didn't have. May you have strength that you didn't have. May you have peace that you didn't have. May you have resolve that you didn't have. May you have flexibility that you didn't have. May you have whatever is needed right now because the Spirit is just breathing on his people. I speak that and I release that now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you experience his presence, his power, his goodness like you have not experienced in months this week. God bless you. Love you very much. Have an amazing week.